I'm back and, well, so is the Borough. Four wins on the bounce since I left the country, which maybe tells me I should go on holiday more often. But the Borough are on the march. Five wins in a row. Let's run through all of the games over the last fortnight in a jumbo episode of Project Borough. It's the Uruguayan curl to our end. So, where the hell do I start? Yeah, went away for two weeks, had a great holiday as well, was absolutely fantastic break, and was helped even more so by Borough seemingly finding their foot and going on an amazing run where things have well and truly just flipped and, and turned on their head. Five straight wins in all competitions, four in the league, one in the cup. Borough have started to consistently get clean sheets, we've started scoring first in games, and it's clear that Michael Carrick has reverted back to the system that he knows, the players he knows, he started to bed the new signings in a bit more gently, and they're now having a more positive impact on the game from the bench, and things are just clicking, things are just working really, really well at the moment for Borough, and you know, I'll sort of look at the overall run when we sort of overview it all at the end, but as you all know, before the Southampton game, which was the last game I saw live just before I went away, I looked at this run of games between the previous international break and this, and, and following that Sheffield Wednesday def- uh, draw, which well, felt like defeat, it was atrocious performance. I remember looking at this run of fixtures and saying that these will make or break Michael Carrick as a manager, and this will prove whether he has truly got what it takes. We can find the solution and the fix for this Borough side, and I honestly believed if we won no more than one game in this run, there was a very big chance that come the October international break, which is notorious for not only Steve Gibson sacking managers, but just championship clubs in general making their move. I believed there was a chance of this happening, and when looking at the fixtures, I never once thought that Borough would pick up anything other than one win when you've got a trip to Watford, Cardiff who were flying, and then a Teeswee Derby, which quite frankly terrified me, and Borough won every single one of them. Honestly, nothing was better than sitting by the pool, beer in hand, just looking at the results and the goals coming in, and questioning whether... I'm the problem, and I should be the one who maybe stays away, because uh, Borough have turned a corner since I left. But let's run through all of the games and my thoughts on them. Of course, I've not seen the full 90 of any of these games. I've only seen the highlights, and I've just tried to gather as much information on Borough's performance as I could while I was away. And it is worth starting off with our cup victory over Bradford, only because this was a... And again, when I looked at the run, I thought that, you know, if something went wrong there and Borough fell to a League 2 side in the Cup, that could really magnify what at the time I thought was like a real negativity around the club. But in essence, of course, we'd just beaten Southampton. We went there with our first win of the season, uh, in the league at least, and that gave us the confidence to go to Bradford. And it was a comfortable night. There's not much else you can really say about that. From what I gathered, it was a very, very comfortable night for Borough. And I think some you know, players who desperately needed that little bit of added confidence and that boost 
got it in this game. It was a changed up team. Lath come back in. Of course, Corbenner took his spot. Rogers was in behind him with Silvera starting on the right. He had Barlasser and Hackney in the middle with a similar back for Smith come in. I think Lenahan might have been ill with Glover coming in as sort of the cup keeper. But it was a very, very comfortable night for Borough and it was important, I think, that Lath got himself on the score sheet, albeit it was a, a poor strike. The goalkeeper really didn't cover himself in much glory. And Morgan Rogers got himself on the score sheet as well with a very, very similar goal to what he scored in the previous round. And uh, for me, that was just a really, really big confidence booster, I think. When, you, when you're flying high in the league, the cup doesn't really mean anything. But, you know, when you desperately need some momentum and some confidence, I looked at the cup games as a way of Borough getting that confidence and getting that victory and that winning feeling and getting some fringe players in who could have an impact. And, and that's exactly what happened here. So it was a very useful and a very positive and professional performance from Borough. And it booked us a place into the last 16, I believe, of the EFL Cup. And we've been drawn away to Exeter, who are, I think, in one of the three lowest-ranked sides left in. So out of all the Premier League opposition, we could have been... Drawn against, we got one of the easier draws, albeit away from home. It's a long way to go and it won't be easy. But um, Borough would have snatched a hand off for that draw. And there is now a massive, massive opportunity for Borough to get themselves into the last eight of the League Cup. 20 years on from when we won it. And uh, there have certainly been strange parallels to that season so far. So that was a fantastic result from Borough. But let's move on to the most important, which was, of course, the three wins we got in the Championship. So we went to Vicarage Road after that and this is a notoriously tough place for Borough to go. I don't think we'd won here since 2012. And of course, at this point, yes, we'd beaten Southampton at home, but this for me was a massive, massive test. And although Watford hadn't had a great start to the season either, I still just didn't quite have enough confidence that we would go there and win, given our record. And I just could not believe it. When I was in the pool in Dominican and, you know, I was jumping out to check my phone whenever the Wi-Fi was working and I got told that 12 minutes gone, but we're not only one up, we were two up. And that was insane. You know, very rarely, I think, I don't even think up until this point, Borough had scored first in the league or led a game, uh, apart from obviously when we come from behind against Southampton. This might have been the first time we'd scored first in a championship game this season. And not only did we do it once, we did it twice with a Riley McGree double. Both goals were absolutely fantastic. The first was a wonderful bit of a, a bit of dummy, a bit of shimmy from Johnny House and a wonderful ball into Riley McGree who has been on absolute fire and in this game got three goals in two games. A wonderful finish for the first goal. It was a similar goal for the second. Matt Crooks playing a good ball into McGree. A wonderful first time finish. But it wasn't all smooth sailing because as you expect at home and as I always expect with Watford, they will come back at you. And Bale got a goal back for... Watford, it was a mistake from Dale Fry. Um, I felt really bad for Senny at this point because I was just I was begging for him to get that first clean sheet. And it was just another defensive error that let Watford back in. And shortly after half-time, it's only a narrow lead. Watford go and get the first goal. And I believe they did start the second half the much better side. And I think it's Wesley Hoot or Hoot or however you pronounce it. Probably just completely butchered it. He scored a goal that is probably one in every hundred for a fullback who, yeah, he basically, or a centre-back, he just come onto the ball, caressed it perfectly into the top corner. Um, and I remember thinking at that point, you know, we've 
took a two-goal lead. We've lost that advantage. Momentum is with Watford. I was worried at that point. And I just didn't want our momentum to slip. You know, I would have more than took a point here. And I just didn't want us to fold and lose the game. And we did the complete opposite. Because ten minutes later, Borough took the initiative once again. And it was Josh Coburn, who of course is a young lad. He's come in, he's done fantastically well. And it was so good to see him get the winner. A wonderful ball in behind by Matt Crooks. And a fantastic finish by Josh Coburn. And then Borough were able to manage the game. Got a bit lucky, I think, Watford at the bar towards the end. But this was one of their moments where I just thought, if Borough can hang on, this could be just so huge. Absolutely massive. Because Watford always seemed to score late against us. And on this occasion, they didn't. And Borough hung on for... Another win, back-to-back wins, this time away from home. It might have been our first win away since, I think, March or something crazy. And it was massive. It was massive for us to take the lead, start well for a change, and then not only do that, but compose ourselves following a Watford fight back, compose ourselves and get the winner and hang on. It was a fantastic performance. Once again, McGree on fire at this point, and 8.9 he was rated as well. Crooks had a fantastic performance, one of the best I've seen from him in a very long time, and yeah, the whole team did very, very well. I was still looking out for that Seni Dieng clean sheet, which finally come the following game, as we now head to a, another win, the third on the bounce, this time at home, to high-flying Cardiff City. So in the midweek, Cardiff come to town and this was a pivotal game for me because Borough had won two on the bounce, which was great, but with two games left to the international break and a Teeswear derby coming up, I mentioned this before, back when Borough were really, really playing poorly, I looked at the Sunderland game and I thought this could be the nil in the coffin for Carrick. Like, the worst possible game to have before the international break and even, even though we'd won two, up to this point in the league, I still looked at this and thought, Cardiff are playing well. I think they'd won four out of the last six or five out of the last six at this point. They were in the playoffs and they were looking pretty good defensively. I just thought if we were to you know, not win at home, lose at home, the mood then suddenly switches back to where it was before. And then you've got Sunderland coming up, which is, as I say, it doesn't matter what kind of form you're in, it's the worst game to lose, especially if you're under pressure. And I honestly felt like a, a poo result here would not put Borough back to where they were completely, because that's unfair to, t- to say after two, two wins, but it would have just put that bit of pressure back on Carrick, and then suddenly the Sunderland game feels even bigger. So to come out of this with a 2-0 win was absolutely amazing and credit has got to go to Senny Dieng he got his first clean sheet but he made a wonderful save early on in this game from Carlin Grant which kept the score at nil-nil and from what I understand it was a pretty cagey equal first half you know the Watford game was completely different it was like a basketball game between two sides who were just open and attacking and that game if you play it 100 times it probably goes Watford's way 50 Borough's way, the other 50. This was very, very cagey, and neither side seemed that outstanding in the first half. It was a case of who could get that first goal. I think that was absolutely crucial, and that's what made Dieng save even more impressive. And thankfully for Borough, despite going in at half-time 0-0, we did get ourselves in front. And I've also got to mention... Lucas Engel, who of course has been under severe pressure since coming to Borough. He, as I said in the Sheffield Wednesday 
episode review, he probably put out the worst performance or the worst 45-minute performance I've seen from a Borough player in a long time and has been hooked you know, ever since that, and, and Lewis O'Brien was, was you know, playing at left-back, and the fact that Vandenberg was also being brought into play there, you know, Engel was, he's the only natural left-back of the three, and yet he was third choice at that point, and maybe even fourth behind Bangura when he got fit, so I really did think, and I really did worry for Engel, that his confidence would be on the floor, you know, where the hell is he going to find a route back into this team, and then suddenly his name drops, in this game, in the starting eleven, and, and I'm not going to lie, there was a part of me that thought, oh, Christ, he needs a good game. Desperately. And he got an assist. He got the assist for Jones's goal, and I absolutely loved it. He was much better, second half especially, when he was getting the ball a bit more, going more forward. Put across it initially, it was cleared. But what I loved was the desire to win the ball again, pick the pocket of the defender, beat him to the ball, beats another, and then puts a tremendous low cross in for Isaiah Jones, who is there at the back post. Isaiah Jones, who himself has been in unbelievable form recently. And yeah, fantastic finish from Jones at the back post. It's exactly what you want to see from your left back, because of course we were spoilt there with Ryan Giles last season, so to see Engel get himself an assist, I thought that... Is just perfect for his confidence and it was great to see he got the opener or he assisted the opener Jones got it and then Borough doubled the lead and made what could have been a very nervy ending a little bit more relaxed and it was Latilath with another goal again another player I thought desperately needed to get himself a few goals got himself one against Bradford of course then got himself one here and what I was really impressed with here and I've mentioned this a few times about Lath is he's quick, he makes great runs, but he's so erratic and he seems to really lack that bit of composure. This was the first time I saw him, even though he ran, and I mean, the pace of him to beat the defenders to the ball, I mean, it, the pace is scary. We've seen it in many one-to-ones this season. He's just kept running until he's hit the keeper. And this time, he stopped, he turned... Yes, he tripped over himself, but he composed himself. That's the main thing. He sat the defender down, got it on it with stronger foot. Many times this season, Lath has just shot on his left foot. It's been saved. He didn't. He took it onto his right, and he stopped, and he slowed down, and he picked the far corner, and that is the exact type of composed finish we need from Lath. And if he'd have done that on you know multiple other occasions, he'd be on four, five, six goals already. So... That was wonderful to see, and not only was it a wonderful result for Borough, it was also, again, real positive performances from players who needed it. Engel making a positive impact. You also had Lath coming on to make a real positive impact as well. So, yeah, fantastic. Again, great game management from Carrick as well, by the way. He brings Engel off, allows him to get the applause of the crowd, which I think would have done his confidence the world of good. Um, and, of course, Lath bringing him on late when the game was stretched. You know, Corburn wouldn't have got to that, that ball, for example. It was a perfect substitution, and that's where the second goal come from. And suddenly, Borough have won three in a row, and we've beaten an informed side. Cardiff are not a team to be underestimated. And all of a sudden, we're going into the Teesweer derby. Three wins in a row in the league, four wins in all competitions. We've just got our first clean sheet as well. I was delighted for Senny Dieng, and it was set up perfectly. Absolutely set up perfectly. Sunderland had been on a fantastic run. Borough were on a great run, and listen, for me, I was sat there thinking, you know what, Borough have turned a corner, we've done really well, we're back, quote-unquote, let, just let this game be, 
whatever it, it's going to be. It's a derby, quote unquote, cliche form goes out the window, blah, 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 blah. And I just, I just thought, you know what, let's just see what the hell happens. And if we come away with it from a draw, with a draw, great. I would have took that every day of the week. Never in a million years did I expect Borough to beat Sunderland for nil and I have got to tell you I try to be the most neutral Borough fan in the world but this is a derby I don't care what Sunderland say it's absolutely a derby and to be fair it's only a derby when Sunderland win when they lose it's suddenly not a derby anymore just saying so to go there and get our biggest away win ever at the Stadium of Light was the most satisfying feeling ever to see that ground empty. More and more, as every Borough goal went in, you saw the Sunderland fans throwing stuff, banging on the, you know, the advertising boards, standing up, storming out. Absolutely tremendous content, I've got to say. And I'm not going to lie, I can try and be as neutral as possible. I was strutting around Dominican that day. Borough top on around the pool and I was just absolutely loving life. It was the best feeling. Cloud nine. These are the performances in the days where you just love being a football fan. And there are caveats to this and I will put my neutral hat on and discuss them momentarily. But yeah, to go there and win 4-0, Sunderland have been in fantastic form this season. They were fourth, I think, at the time. And for Borough to go there, you know, against a manager in Mowbray who's got an outstanding record against Borough, it would have obviously been a very tough atmosphere. 4-0 is just beautiful. But as I say, it did come with its fair share of controversies. Now, the big, big, big talking point, and it's the talking point that Sunderland fans still can't let go, they still won't let it go on Twitter, was Dan Neal sent off, uh, sending off at the very, very end of the half. And I mean... It was in the final seconds of the first half. Now, there's a few interesting sort of threads to this because Dan Neal was given a second yellow card because the initial yellow he got in the 17th minute was a tackle on Corbin, which personally, I think he could have been sent off for as well. You know, he is so lucky that his right leg, his, I guess, most forward leg, didn't make contact with Josh's ankle or his shin or his knee or whatever because Dan Neal's studs were like this. They were facing upwards and Coburn could have quite easily made an absolute meal of it. Some players you see, they pretend they've been, you know, hit. They roll around, they try and mug the ref to get the other sent off. Coburn didn't do that, he was honest. But even then, you know, the studs were so high and that for me... I've seen being given as a red card before. Nevertheless, arguably, he got away with one there and was booked after 17 minutes, but was then given a second yellow card and was sent off for dissent when he basically didn't take well to a decision the referee had made, which seemed like a goal kick, which is weird. Like if it was a really strong foul or a tackle or an offside or something that was clearly an incorrect decision, then fine. But Dan Neal lost his head when the referee just gave a goal kick. I don't know what the hell he was getting so triggered for, but he clearly said something to the referee that the referee didn't like. And this season, there's a huge new prerogative when it comes to yellow cards for the likes of time-wasting and the way you speak to officials. It's, it's in the rule book. What I will say, in his defence, is you arguably could end up giving out yellow cards every five minutes in every game because there are always challenges 
which player, you know, where players get upset about, they go over to the ref, they start pleading, you know, what the hell is going on? And the referee, I guess, if you want to take the rules for what they are, he could just yell a card every player who even approaches him. But there's also got to be context from the referee's point of view here because we don't know how many times Dan Neal has maybe said something to the ref throughout the game. This might have been the second or third or fourth time that he's gave the ref a bit of lip and the ref might have just went, you know what, I'm sick of this. You've just mouthed me for the whole the whole first half. You're off. You know, maybe this wasn't the first time that he'd committed dissent towards the ref and the ref had just thought I'd had enough. And plus, you don't know the words that are used when approaching the referee so for me i can see both sides i'm not going to pretend i can't but at the end of the day it's in the rule book david prutton put it on twitter it's in the rule book about dissent and it's the referees you know you're given the referee decision to make it is completely up you know justified for the referee to take whatever the player's saying feel like it's inappropriate and book him and he happened to be on a second yellow he could have been sent off already and of course that changes the game but even then you know what that Sunderland fans are acting like that's the reason why they lost this game. I think Sunderland had one chance early on. Seni Dieng, not for the first time, he did it against Cardiff Midi. Tra- absolutely unbelievable save to keep it goalless. Once again, Seni finally proving and showing everyone that he's an unbelievable goalkeeper. Keeps it at 0-0. Borough also had some wonderful chances. But I think Borough edged it. I think given the fact this was a derby, Borough played the game not the occasion. And I was really impressed by how Borough, didn't matter how much the Sunderland atmosphere was up, whatever their crowd was doing, Borough just played their game. They played their game. They could have been in any ground against any team. Didn't matter. They were so composed and calm and cool, whereas Sunderland lost their flipping head. You know, second half, there was a bit of argy-bargy at the end of the first half, but second half, this was just an example of, I guess, the weaknesses of having a young side like Sunderland do. And yet, that makes them fearless. It makes them dangerous, but in occasions like this where they're down to 10 men, I think their heads had completely gone by this point. And second half, Borough absolutely carved them open time and time and time again. And it's all good saying, well, we're down to 10 men. It's another footballing cliche, but it's sometimes harder to play against 10 men. That's not a lie. It's true. It sometimes is harder to play against 10 men, especially in a game like this. But Borough, again, did not let that task Standing their way, and the second half from Borough was absolutely clinical. It was absolutely incredible. The first goal was an unbelievable finish. Dale Fry on the wing, who'd have thought? Wonderful cross, and Sam Greenwood, of course. Sunderland born and bred, massive Sunderland fan. Of course he takes the lead against Sunderland, just to rub salt in the Macam wounds. Absolutely wonderful stuff. Borough double the lead two minutes later, Matt Crooks. Again, and I've got to say, Zai Jones, he had their defence on toast. He sat Jack Clark on his arse, the best winger in the championship, sat him down on his arse, put a great ball in for Crooks, who tapped home. He then did the Alan Shearer in front of the Mackhams, and although a lot of Borough fans aren't happy that we're sort of pandering to Newcastle to piss off Sunderland, but I'm all for it. Hilarious content once again. Crooks (laughs) taunts the Sunderland fans, giving it the Shearer. What a shithouse Matt Crooks is. Bloody love it. And by this point, Borough are having a party in Sunderland's backyard. Their fans are leaving in their droves. Borough are loving life and they just continue to just pile on the misery. Morgan Rogers plays a ball through to Isaiah Jones. 
He might have been offside, I will say that, but listen, Borough were turning up at this point, so it's, it's, there's no point arguing that this would have had any change in the outcome. Jones with a fantastic finish, taking it inside on his weaker foot, very composed. Jones, again, looks better than ever, in my opinion, and I'll talk more about players individually in a bit. And then we make it four at the very end. I've got to say as well, Sammy Silvera, what a ball into Latilath again. These are players who were at one point starting games, not playing well, you know, losing confidence and probably having more damage done by starting these games. Come off the bench, made a great impact, wonderful ball through Alath, shot was well saved and there was Marcus Forster tap home and Borough come away from the Stadium of Light, 4-0 winners and suddenly we head into the international break, five on the bounce and we've just battered our neighbours 4-0 in their own backyard, and the content on Twitter, the crying Mackhams, the salty tears of the Mackhams that I kept having in my Twitter mentions was just absolutely hilarious, and I love nothing more than sitting back that day, beer in hand, scrolling through Twitter, and just smiling with glee at the Sunderland fans, trying to find ways of, of mourning and blaming the ref, when, let's not forget, one year ago... Ross Stewart did a rather impressive Tom Daly impression outside of the box and somehow managed to con the ref into giving them a penalty and get Dale Fry sent off, which of course allowed Sunderland to win the game at the same out last season. You don't see them mentioning that now, do you? No, you don't. Of course not. So, where does this put Borough following this incredible run? Now, due to other results, I guess positionally in the league, it still doesn't look the best, 16th, but... I think the big thing for me is that Borough look like they're back to their best. They've got two clean sheets in a row, which is beyond huge for a side that, even last season when we were on fire, still would concede regularly. So that's an unbelievable corner turn. But we're also scoring goals frequently as well, and we're looking very, very good doing it. What Carrick has done is he's reverted back to last season's system. And he has started with players that he is more used to. We saw this with the Southampton game. And he has gradually bedded in the new signings instead of starting them and throwing them in the deep end. And they've been allowed to come in while Borough have been comfortable in games and have made a positive impact. You know, So Vera's looked much better. Morgan Rogers has had a few assists, goals. Lath has scored and has been involved as well. As well as Lucas Engel too. So that, I think, is the much better approach for Borough, and it's worked an absolute treat. And even though we're 16th, we're only four points off the playoffs now, and that can change in another three-game week where you pick up two wins out of three, three wins out of three, suddenly you're in the top seven, eight, nine, maybe in the top six, and then suddenly you're in the playoff hunt again. And it's crazy to think that four wins in a row in the league can transform your season like that, but that's exactly what it's done. So, you know, Borough showed last season that when they get on a roll, they can really get going and can be a true force to be reckoned with. And that's what I'm sort of getting at the moment. I'm just delighted for Michael Carrick because I questioned him. I hold my hands up. I absolutely questioned him and thought that if he didn't get things moving in the right direction, he could be in trouble. And I doubted whether he could be the man to turn that corner, but he has done. And it's great to see that regardless of the players who maybe aren't here anymore, the new players who've come in, it's great to see Borough playing in the manner that they are and getting back to the Borough we know and loved from last season. A couple of individuals I want to talk about who've played exceptionally well in the last few games. Senny Dieng, as I mentioned, has been outstanding all season. You know, the data has shown 
since the start of the season. And to be fair to Carrick, he, he continually would mention this in press conferences and I think fans started to lose faith in what he was saying. But he was constantly saying that going forward, the stats were good. And going backwards, the stats were good. You know, we weren't conceding many chances. We were creating more. Our XG was higher than the opposition pretty much every single game. And yet we were coming out on the losing side. And as hard as it is to see when you're in that run, these things do begin to even themselves out eventually. And it is great to see that Borough aren't actually giving up big chances. Senny Dieng is making very good saves. We are starting to cut out them individual errors and get the clean sheets that Senny deserves. We're also now being clinical at the other end. You know, we might not have Akpom or Archer or whoever, but Corburn scoring goals, Lath scoring goals, Riley McGree is scoring goals. Sam Greenwood's popped up with ones. Crooks has been influential creatively, as Isaiah Jones has been doing a bit of everything. But it's been amazing to see, as well as the likes of Hackney still performing at a ridiculous level. Even Barlas has come in and has stepped in while Housen's been ill and has looked absolutely unplayable at times. So, yeah, I think all round there's just positive signs for Borough and we come back from the international break uh, at home to Birmingham who have randomly just sacked John Eustace just haven't a clue why they've done that. that ain't, that's a topic in itself. And Wayne Rooney will be taking charge, who is someone I do not rate as a manager one bit. So I am rubbing my hands together with the thought of us playing them at home in his first game after the international break, if I'm brutally honest. But yeah, to, I guess, round things off, a unbelievable run for Borough. Delighted for Carrick. Delighted that he's not proved me wrong, but... He has, you know, reminded everybody that he is a good coach. He can get through a bad run and get this team performing well. Once again, a team that doesn't have the quality it did last season, but he's still getting the best out of it. And we've just beaten Southampton, Watford, Cardiff, Sunderland, four fantastic sides, and we've beaten them all well, picking up two clean sheets. It's amazing. So, albeit it might not be a good time for the break, we've got a few players out injured, ill, get them back, get them fit and firing we could have a fantastic run into the very busy Christmas period and carrying momentum into that run where there are plenty of games coming thick and fast is massive. So I'm very excited all of a sudden to see how close Borough can get to the playoffs and if we can continue slowly getting our way back up the table. But that's my thoughts, guys. That's a jumbo project, Borough trying to squeeze... Well, four, four games into one episode, but um, all is rosy. We'll see what happens after the break. If Borough's form suddenly starts going down the shitter again, then I clearly am the problem and I need to go back abroad, which is absolutely fine with me, as long as Borough are winning. That's the end of this video. If you've enjoyed it, do it the like button and subscribe for more. Uh, if you're a Borough fan, do let me know your thoughts on this run and this great form in the comment section below and hit the bell too so you never miss an episode of Project Borough. But until next time, guys... I'll be back after the international break to, yeah, hopefully see Borough continue this fine form. And of course, we'll be bringing back the predictions for the championship. And I'll also be bringing out a roundup video on the bigger talking points from the championship over the last few weeks. Because, of course, you can't round up four rounds of championship weekends in one video. So we'll just sort of talk through the important bits. But, yeah, that's it for now, guys. A big thank you for watching. Do take care and I'll see you all next time.